coffee and your Bible. saints of God. Today is February the 7th. It is a Tuesday. It is the year of our Lord, 2023. And this is Daybreak Live with us, guys and girls. The Nisbets. The Nisbets. <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning. If you are watching us today, then you are only on two places, CWOW Facebook or CWOW YouTube. And so we're glad that you are here uh and you want to tell everybody what you just said no, no I was oh, just okay talking. Oh. i just talk so be sure to share because people are having a hard time finding us lately so share like comment help the algorithms well, are having a hard time finding us. well that's why we went to just two so we're going to be on the two places instead of five we're going to sing living water while you guys find us as the woman walked up to the well for water that day, she didn't know the life that she lived was about to be changed. But at the words of the master, Tears the 
from sin. Let your sweet spirit sweep over, I pray, and I'll surrender to you this vessel of clay. Thank you, Father, for this living water that's flowing in me. Teared up this morning on that song. That was good. Mm -hmm. I love that song. That's a good song. <sighs> he that believeth in me, says the Lord Jesus. As the scripture is said, out of his belly or her belly shall flow rivers of living water. Amen. I thank God for that living water. I don't know what I would do without living water. My goodness. Well, it's good to be back with you this morning. We had a wonderful service both on Sunday and on Saturday. We had a great weekend. We had a good Shabbat Friday night. I think we had 22 people here at our house for Shabbat Friday night. So we just had a wonderful, wonderful weekend and I thank God for all of his blessings that he showers upon us. So we're in the book of Titus. We're taking back up with Titus chapter 1. We've got to verse 7. Uh, but we will recap a little bit verse 6. Now he's told Titus, Paul is telling Titus to appoint elders in every city. It's interesting that he says in every city. Now he is in Crete. And he's talking about every little place where the group of believers are put elders over that group. Now, they would grow and grow and grow. However, there needs to be leadership in every local body. And that leadership, the church is the, the, the model given to us by Jesus and the apostles is an elder-led congregation to where elders, pastors, bishops, uh, are overseeing the congregation and leading them in the ways of the Lord. And they're supposed to be faithful leaders. And so here he's, Titus has given some qualifications. Now what, why, one of the reasons he's doing this and needs to do this is because the church in Crete is in a bad place. It's in an uproar. It's not where it needs to be. Okay. And there are wicked leaders leading wrongly in the churches. And so he's, by the authority of Paul that God has given him through Jesus Christ our Lord, he is telling Titus, now I'm conveying that authority to you, and I want you, Titus, to appoint elders in each city to replace and to come against the leaders that are going, or the stuff that is going on. And we'll see that as we move on through. But first we're talking a little bit about qualifications. And in verse 6 it says, so the first thing you look for is a man that's blameless, this blameless. In other words, he's just a good dude. 
right? He's a good guy. He's blameless. The husband of one wife, we studied that out last uh, week and what this actually is saying. He's a faithful husband. He's a faithful man. He's a faithful husband. And he has children that are not accused of rioting, dissipation, says in the New King James Version here, or insubordination. They're big words. We don't use those words in our day. But it simply means uh, uh, he's, he's not a riotous, you know. Dissipation means to be riotous. Uh, insubordination means a lawbreaker, breaker of rules, one who will not be obedient, okay? And so he's supposed to have children that are obedient. And as I preach Sunday about this very thing, the reason for that is, is if he can't guide his home, if he can't guide his house, his home, how's he going to guide God's house? Right. He might, there's no reason for you to think that he's going to be able to guide God's house well if he can't guide his own. And so that's the point. I have a question. Yeah, baby. For those um, who maybe have been faithful or have been faithful men of the faith, say John Piper, for instance, but his son as he's grown up, has just totally turned himself. Does that prove that the the man in charge, what, like, how do I say it? Say the elder then wasn't faithful or was didn't have the qualifications to be the elder because his son then rebels, or is that just come down to, you know well, what I mean? And, and I can only give you my opinion here. Well, but my thought is, my thought is this. This is generally speaking. It, it, it. Uh, I mean, God had children that He put in the Garden of Eden, and we were rebellious. Right. Okay. And so it still comes to each individual, and it, and, it, and I don't think it means okay. Uh, you can't ever have a child that's messed up, but generally speaking, you've got good children. You run your home well, and that's who you're looking for to put in an eldership role. Now, with the situation you're talking about, as far as I know, he's always been an obedient son until he became an adult and then rebelled and turned. And so, you know, there comes a time when everybody's got to go on their own. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't believe that then disqualifies or, or says, oh, I believe good parents can have rebellious children is what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm saying, just so that, you know, those who, like, I'm being faithful, but my kids are just, they've decided to go their own way. So they don't feel that it's like, you know, because it does come down. But it's still a hard thing. I mean, if all of your children are always rebelling, then it, it, it can it can say something about a home life, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so we'll let God deal with that. But, you know, the one you're speaking of, as far as I know, the children were not rebellious when they were young. Okay. Okay? Uh, but the idea, like with the one you're talking about now, he's adult, he's not just... It's not like he's turned against his father. He's turned against God. He's turned against God. And you can turn against God if you desire to turn against God. But this is the these are generalities when you're looking out at somebody that you're going to ordain. And we hold on to the hope that train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is up, he will yeah. not Amen. Amen. We hold out for the hope that these will turn back to the Lord yeah. because of the foundation built in them right. as children. Yeah, amen. hope so. Verse 7. Let's go to verse 7. For a bishop, and the word bishop here simply means overseer, superintendent, that kind of a thing. And, and remember in this text, elder and bishop are talking about the same thing. 
must be blameless as a steward of God. Steward of God means a manager of God's things. He's a steward. Not self-willed. In other words, he's not always out to get his own way. Okay, the, the true elder, the true bishop is trying to guide according to, hopefully, he will be guiding according to the scripture. Okay, and hopefully his way is the ways of scripture. Now, we're living in a time now where people want elders that will uh, jump away from scripture and not hold to scripture anymore. And that's, that, that's bad. Uh, but not self-willed. It it's not all about him. Not quick-tempered. He's not hot-headed. Everybody knows what quick-tempered means. You don't have to study that out. We all understand that. He, should, he, shouldn't, he shouldn't just blow up easily. Uh, but you push anybody enough, you can blow up, right? <laughs> not given to wine. As I said Sunday, wine was the beverage. That's the beverage of the Bible. It's a beverage of the culture. Everybody drank wine. But he was not to be given. Jesus drank wine, okay? But the elder was not to be given to it. In other words, it didn't have a hold on him. He, he there's control. You know, he it was not something, he was an alcoholic, you know. That's what he's saying. He's not given to it. Uh, not violent. Not violent. Not a, not a mean man. I mean, sometimes it, there's horror stories that comes out, uh, with, you know, years later, these horror stories come out about a pastor, what he's like at home, and the violent, how violent he is at home. Well, that's not good, you know. We need to, but see, we're kind of living in a time. We've lived in a time for a while to where we're so not much in each other's life. You know, used to people were a lot more in each other's life, and one of the things we're trying to get back to with Church Without Walls is having deeper connections with, with one another as friend as friendships. Because the more people are with you, the more you're in each other's life, the harder it is to hide your true self. Right? But if all you ever see somebody is 30 minutes or an hour, and, and when I say 30 minutes or an hour, that's in a service, and you don't know anything about them at all. You don't know how they are. You don't know what their life is like. Uh, then... It, it would be easy for somebody to hide a lot of things in their life. But as we're in each other's life all the time and we're at each other's houses all the time, then the true selves start coming out and we see people for who they are. And people see us for who we are. Uh, okay, so not giving to wine, not violent, not greedy for money. Now, Paul is adamant in saying it's right for those who are fed spiritually to give monetarily back to the one who's feeding them. That's that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And he teaches that. However, when he says, when you're looking out for somebody to rule over it, he's got to not be greedy for money. In other words, that's not why he's doing it. It's not the purpose he's doing it. He's doing it because he's a servant of the Lord. And he's serving the Lord. And as such, then we should help. Or it's a blessing to help him but that's not the purpose he's doing it. He's not greedy for money. And uh, one of the things, here's, here's another, as I'm going through this, I, my mind just goes to things that I think are causing problems in our churches these days. And I think sometimes for leaders, you tell me what you think, Brother Charles. I think leaders in churches, when they get, we talked a little bit about, I mean, you talked a little bit about this the other day, but when salaries get so large and then someone gets accustomed to that large salary, 
which probably he shouldn't have been getting anyway. Okay, he should. I think he should get what he needs, but he shouldn't just. I mean, some things are crazy. Then when the church wants to derail and goes against scripture, right? Then if he doesn't go along with what the church wants, his livelihood is taken away. He's going to lose his job, right? And so it becomes much more, there's much more of a pressure that happens for men to tame their tongue and not maybe say exactly what the word of God says, but temper it in a way where it's not offensive and where the people that are living in blatant sin in the congregation don't get mad and, and where sister so-and-so and her children that, uh, that are, that are in sin, you know, don't let the pastor say anything about her because she gives a lot of money to the church and we pay your salary with what she gives. You see what I mean? Yep. It makes a terrible, terrible situation toward men of God are then, then leaned upon to not be, I mean, I know I've been a preacher pastor for a long time now and I've had people talk to me. I've had pastors talk to me about being called in the office over da la 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 la. They're called in the office, and if you're going down this road, we're firing you. You know, we'll get somebody else. You see what I mean? It just makes a bad situation. And so you don't want a man that's greedy for money. He needs to be able to walk away if I mean and, and let me tell you, if if CWOW, CWOW gives me a stopping, right? They they give me a blessing monthly. But if in order to get that, I would have to twist God's word to make everybody happy. Let me tell you, I can remodel. I'll take care of my family. I've done it for years. Let your money perish. <laughs> Amen. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, come on over here. Though. What makes me think of what Paul says in Galatians. Am I now seeking to please man or am I seeking to please God? Yeah. If I were seeking to please man, I would not be a servant of God. Like that's what he says. And it's like when you get that salary or if someone is leaning so heavily on that. One, they're not leaning on the Lord anymore Amen. for their provision. And two, they're looking at it as a job, not as a calling. Amen. And that's just totally going to mess you up right there. And then the church becomes their boss, not the Lord of heaven and earth, who has called them to teach the gospel as he has entrusted it to them. Amen, amen, amen. So, I mean, I'm blessed because God has brought people around me that want the truth. Amen. And I am so thankful for that. And I love God and I love the church that I have the privilege to serve. But yes, this can become a big problem. What you said is exactly right. It's true. And here, and, and the reason that Paul says that scripture that you quote is because if I, and here, this is a fact, if I'm pleasing God, if Brother Charles pleases God, if Josh, Josh, you're a young preacher, and if you live your life to please God, guess what? You're going to make people mad. Yeah. You cannot speak the words of God and not make people mad unless people really love God and they want to hear the words of God. Does that make sense? All right, let's go. Not violent, not greedy for your money, but hospitable. Uh, a, a kind person that's willing, you know, he's the example for the rest of the church. So, you know, if somebody... If somebody is sleeping on the side of the road, he's going to pick them up and take them to the house, right? Or he's going to entertain people into his house. He's going to bring people in his house. Why? Because the Bible says entertain strangers, entertain people, help people. That is a, a, a an earmark of an apostle. It's an earmark of a servant of Jesus Christ, of God, someone who loves people and helps people. 
Okay? A lover of what is good. He loves what is good. He loves what is good. He doesn't love evil. He loves good. Sober-minded. That means uh, he's, he's, he thinks right, justly. He's sober-minded, you know, even-tempered. That's what he's talking about. Just, holy, self-controlled. Here's a good one. Self-controlled. Uh, he has a good control on his own body. That's the thing. You know, as Christians, all of us, every Christian is called, every born-again Christian is called to crucify the flesh. You live in a body, and we are all called to bring that body in subjection to the Lord and his ways. Well, the leader of the church should be the first example of that. Those leading the church should be examples of that. Now, as I said Sunday, and I will say again here, nobody perfectly, you know, if you look for somebody that perfectly is in this, oh, wow, that, that would be a blessed person. But that should, these are generalities that should mark leaders in a church. Okay, verse 9. Holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine, listen to this, both to exhort and convict those who contradict. That is to say, someone who loves this word, and when somebody comes with a different word, they don't run, they don't cower, but they're willing to stand up and say, no, that's not the ways of God. That's not the truth of God. Here's what the word of God says. And so the leaders in the church are the ones to help the church because, as it says in Acts chapter 20, when Paul is talking to overseers and elders there, you know, he says, listen, watch over the church that Jesus has bought with his own blood, okay? But then he goes on, he says, because I'm telling you, you know, you'll find this in Acts chapter 20, somewhere around verse 28 and following, he says, I'm telling you, after I leave, grievous wolves are going to come in. Paul is strong. He's a strong teacher. And sometimes if a strong teacher is gone, then wolves will try to come in. And he's telling the elders, now you be strong. And you stand up because get a hold of this. Wolves are coming in. Satan will send wolves that are going to be in sheep's clothing. They're in sheep's clothing. I have learned over the years that I don't take anything for granted anymore. I don't care how godly and loving a person seems to be when I meet them. I, I look at the fruit. Amen. I inspect fruit. But it doesn't surprise me when true colors come out anymore. It used to. I was blown away. It used to. But the reality is that's how it's going to be. And sometimes these wolves, they put on a sheep's clothing and the enemy sends them into church to destroy what God is doing. And so elders are supposed to come against that. The elders are the ones, they're the ones sitting there. They're the guardians that are guarding, guarding the teaching. They're guarding the doctrine that's being taught there. They're exhorting and convicting those who contradict the holy word of God. That's their job. So, if we see today, if we see today, and I, I'll close with this. We'll take up with them 10 tomorrow. If we see today 
bad doctrine entering into churches, good being called evil, evil being called good, things that God says is an abomination prevalent in the churches, then you know for sure that the leaders of the church are not teaching sound doctrine and they're not standing strong. Amen? Amen. You know, because it's crept in. The, the, what God has definitely, with, it's not even, not, we're not talking today about hard things to understand. We understand there's always been deep things, hard things that men have battled over as try, they try to seek the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. You know, doctrines, uh, but essentials. There are essentials that are very easy to understand, spelled out in the Bible that today is just totally ignored. Those scriptures are totally ignored and nobody cares anymore. And that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. And so right now, just my heart's breaking a little as I'm reading that. Let's just pray for the churches. Okay, could we do that? Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up these churches. Some have come upon my heart, even as we've been speaking. Some were, were I know they have allowed the wolves to creep in and teach things that are contrary to the word of God. And it's not being, not only is it not being dealt with, it's becoming celebrated. Not only is it becoming celebrated, but then people living those lives are being exalted and put in leadership. Oh, Father, we pray for a great awakening, a great revival to hit our land again, and that you will reawaken the truth of God's word. And, and there will be strong teachers of truth in all of the churches. I pray this in the holy name of Yeshua, my Messiah, the King of the world, Jesus. Amen. All right, let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Love you guys. Have a great, great, great day on this Tuesday. Lord willing, I'll see you tomorrow. We'll pick up with verse 10. Love to read your comments. So I, as soon as I get off here, I'm going to look at your comments. Love you guys. Bye.